Today, we'll spend a few more minutes talking about the idea of communion. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Thank you for joining us again on Preach Impediments. This podcast is made possible by EdenHollow.com. And of course, we would love for you to go over there and check out the things happening with Eden Hollow. We're going to be talking a few more minutes about the idea of communion. And if you did not get a chance to hear my conversation with Paul Hammond, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. We had a great conversation about some of the things we do well and some of the things we do poorly when it comes to communing with others and communing with God, especially in in the thought process of the Lord's Supper. Well, I want to continue those ideas today and answer for you a question that I often get, uh, whether this be from new Christians, sometimes I get this from young people, sometimes I get this from seasoned Christians, but it's the idea or the question, what should we be thinking about when we take the Lord's Supper? It's that time in a worship service that is often most reflective or most quiet. And so we pass out these emblems and you eat the bread and you drink the juice or the wine. And in drinking and eating those things, we're supposed to be thinking about something. And oftentimes we don't quite know what that is. Well, I want to solve that for you today. Talk for a few minutes about what should be going through your head what you can spend your time focusing on as you take the Lord's Supper. But before I do that, I want to read a passage of Scripture, and it's a little bit lengthy, and I try not to typically do that on a podcast, because if you want to read Scripture, you can read it for yourself. But we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'm going to start in verse 17 and go all the way down through the end of the chapter. So bear with me. Let's read this passage. These are Paul's words to the Christians in Corinth. Says, now in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. Indeed, it is necessary that there be factions among you, so that those who are approved may be recognized among you. When you come together, then, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For at the meal, each one eats his own supper. So one person is hungry while another gets drunk. Don't you have homes in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I praise you? I do not praise you in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, 
Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. In this way, let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you, and many have fallen asleep. If we were properly judging ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, welcome one another. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that when you gather together, you will not come under judgment. I will give instructions about the other matters whenever I come. So here we've got a fairly lengthy passage that's dealing with communion, or the communion they were celebrating when they broke bread and drank the cup. What is it that we are told we should be thinking about when we pass these emblems? Well, I've come up with seven different things that we should be filling our minds with whenever we're talking about communion or participating in the communion. The first one, the obvious one, is the suffering of Jesus on the cross. That is what the bread and the cup represent. The bread representing the body, the cup representing the blood. Those two things became our sacrifice when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And so we're to be remembering what Jesus went through on our behalf. But we don't just think about the suffering. We also think about the victory. It says that we are to do this until he comes, which brings to our thought he did not die and end on the cross, but that he continues. He continues because of the resurrection. And so while the first thing we should be thinking about is the sacrifice, the second thing we can be thinking about is the resurrection. The third would be the entirety of the life of Jesus. Notice when Jesus gave these instructions to his apostles, and as Paul received the instruction later, we're told Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say do this in remembrance of this one event or do this in remembrance of the event that hasn't happened yet in the case of Jesus speaking with his disciples. He said, do it in remembrance of me. And I think that would include the entirety of Jesus, whether that be his identity, the fact that he is God in flesh, or the teachings of Jesus. We might reflect on some of the parables or some of the sermons Jesus delivered. Maybe it would include the miracles of Jesus and the way he displayed his father's power. And I think especially the way he displayed his father's character. If we can spend those moments of silence dwelling on who Jesus is and what he was for us and the example that he laid in front of us that we might follow in his footsteps, we will do well. And that would fill up a lot of time trying to think back of all the many great stories we have of Jesus in those Gospels. The fourth thing I would encourage you to think about whenever we are taking these emblems of communion is to think about our own resurrection. Again, he said, as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so there is that concept of thinking about the future when he comes again. We should be thinking about our own resurrection that will happen at that time and think about his return as it's described happening at that time. 
that is part of what we remember, is that we remember life isn't about today. Life is about eternity. And so we're not just dwelling on the benefits we have today, but the benefits we have for eternity. A fifth thing that I would encourage us to think about would be the covenant itself. Notice the cup is the new covenant in my blood. And that brings to our remembrance very directly what Moses said when he established the covenant in front of the people and sprinkled the blood on the people where he is establishing a covenant with blood. The same teaching is over in the book of Hebrews. This blood that we are sharing in the form of juice, it is a reminder of the covenant itself. The covenant that we belong to if we are children of God. The covenant that we submit ourselves to when we are baptized into Christ. And so we are to be thinking about the covenant itself that is established by the sacrifice and blood of Jesus that we are responsible to. And that would include the idea of examining yourself. If you look here again in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says in verse 28, let a person examine himself. And in this way, let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. Part of our responsibility is not just to remember Jesus, but to look at ourselves and see how well or how poorly have we done with the covenant, whether whether we are being faithful or not, whether we are truly living up to the responsibilities and to the privileges of being a part of this covenant that was made possible by the death of Jesus. We should be looking at ourselves to decide whether we are doing the things that we should be doing. And so that time of reflection, as we think about what Jesus has done for us, we should be maybe saying some prayers of of forgiveness. Uh, Maybe we should be talking to God about the sins we're struggling with. Maybe we should be thinking about and reflecting on how how much our character doesn't match the character of Jesus and whether we're treating people the way Jesus would treat them or whether we're handling situations at work the way Jesus would handle those situations. We should be examining ourselves to decide whether we're doing right. It goes on in verse 31 to say, if we were properly judging ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So that idea of giving ourselves an honest assessment, how well or how poorly are we doing? One last thing, the seventh thing for us to think about when we are celebrating the communion of our Lord is that we should be thinking about one another. We are told that the body gathers together to do this, and the Christians here in Corinth were condemned about it says here that factions are necessary because those who are celebrating the Lord's Supper are those who are approved among them. That's back in verse 19. And so we are to be gathering together with other approved people to remember the Lord and remember our covenant and remember the things we've already talked about. It says down in verse 29, whoever eats or drinks without recognizing the body And I don't think the body there is in reference to the body of Jesus as much as it is recognizing the body of the Lord, meaning the church. And so we are to be thinking about the people around us. 
That's why it says in verse 33, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, welcome one another or wait for one another. Part of what we do when we pass these emblems is we focus on each other. And I'm not sure oftentimes we do that with our head bowed and our eyes closed, or maybe we're reading a hymn about the the death of Jesus, or maybe we're reading a passage of scripture, and we are so internally focused and we are so closed off from everybody around us because we're trying to focus. Well, be careful about that because part of our responsibility when we pass the Lord's Supper out and we take it as one body, as one family, is that we are to be recognizing one another and we are to be doing it in fellowship with one another. There is an interaction with the other people you are celebrating this with. And so we need to make sure that what we're doing, we are doing in a way that focuses on others. So maybe in, in the way that we do that, that looks like thinking about the situations that you know are going around you, maybe somebody's sin and thinking about what you can do to help them grow closer to God, or maybe you know somebody who's discouraged and so you're thinking about how you can build them up, or maybe you're even, dare I say, making a list of all the ways you're going to serve the body this week as you've examined how well you've done with that in the past. There's a lot of ways in which we can do this. And here's here's my difficulty. Oftentimes, the way we celebrate and, and remember the death of Jesus, we do it in as efficient a way as possible. Meaning, depending on how many aisles we have in our church building, we make sure we have two men on each aisle passing these trays out. And sometimes we even put men in the back who can work from the back forward because we want to get this passed out as quickly as possible. Why? Why are we trying to do this as quickly as possible? We should be dwelling on and enjoying and really spending time devoted to Christ, to ourselves, and to the others around us. If others didn't matter, well, then it really wouldn't matter if everybody was there and that we welcome one another and wait for one another. But Paul makes it clear that that does matter. It does matter that you are surrounded by brothers and sisters as you do this because they are a part of what you are doing. They are a part of your celebration. They are a part of making sure that what you're doing, you are doing for the right reason. And so we need to think about how we are celebrating the Lord's Supper and is it allowing us to focus on and do all the things that we're supposed to be doing. Is the way we celebrate the Lord's death and remember what he has done something that we are truly giving enough time, or is it something we are rushing through? I'll be honest, I wonder if we couldn't spend an hour or two on the Lord's Supper and really develop the thought process and the things that we're supposed to be thinking about. I wonder if it wouldn't be helpful for us to take these seven things we've talked about in today's podcast and spend a portion of time reflecting on each individual piece of what we're doing. Maybe spend 10 minutes reflecting on the suffering of Jesus 
and then spend 10 minutes focusing on the resurrection, and then spend 10 more minutes talking about the life of Jesus that he lived and talk about the teachings and miracles and character he had. Maybe we could spend 10 more minutes talking about our own resurrection and the joy we have and the hopeful expectation that we're looking forward to. We could spend time reflecting on the covenant that we are a part of and the benefits and the responsibilities that are attached to that. And then we could spend some time reflecting and examining ourselves as to whether we've done that well or not. And then we could spend some time talking about the body of Jesus that we are taking this supper with. But we could spend a portion of time on each one of these things. How do you do that in three minutes of silence? My brain does not work that fast. And so I end up having to pick or choose what I'm going to think about each Sunday that I I gather together with the people of God and I pass out these emblems. Well, maybe we could spend a little more time on this. I've come up with kind of a, a cute way of remembering these things that we're supposed to be thinking about. And they are this, remember, rejoice, reflect, renew, and relate. We need to remember Christ, rejoice on the coming, reflect on our covenant, renew our commitment, and relate to our congregation. And if we can do that, if we can truly get those five things done, or maybe you prefer the list of seven that I gave earlier, if we can give the communion that we celebrate of our Lord with one another, uh, the, the time and, and effort and purpose that it is due, then we will do well at communing with God and communing with others. I hope this podcast has been helpful to you and maybe challenging to you, causing you to rethink your thought process as you eat the bread and drink the cup, and maybe even reflect on whether you, as a part of a congregation of God's people, can do this in a better way. There would be so much glory given to God if we could take a step back and truly devote ourselves to the supper of the Lord as we're supposed to. What a great opportunity that is to not just remember Jesus, but to become better followers of Jesus as we consider our covenant and examine ourselves. It is a great thing to be a part of God's people and to be able to celebrate that together. Please continue to tune in to Preach Impediments. I hope this has, in some way, caused your life to be better and caused your faith to grow. And if we can help you in some other way, please reach out to us. Our website is preachimpediments.com. You can find us on Facebook. And you can find other podcast episodes about other words that need to be simplified in both places. Let us know what we can do to serve you and help you or even just pray for you. Just reach out to us and let us know, and we would love to respond, and we would love to be able to help you with any questions you have. Until next time.